Listen, if your diet consists of Taco Bell and junk food and being the heaviest you can possibly be, then you're going to enjoy TFSJiu-Jitsu.com. TFS Jiu-Jitsu is a website focused around Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu technique videos that actually work. Great fundamentals provided by many different instructors from various levels. It really has a lot to offer to a white belt in Jiu-Jitsu all the way up to a black belt. It's a great website, and with gi videos and no gi videos, it really kind of keeps everything nice and fresh. Ben Tallini is a team balance black belt, and when he built this website, he wanted to put a focus on building something that people felt confident in the information that they were receiving. And Ben has done a fantastic job with this website. He has provided us with a lot of great techniques and a lot of different ways that you can get to different positions in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So make sure you guys check them out at tfsjujitsu.com. Listen, Ben put a lot of time into this, and there has been a lot of nights where he has eaten Crunchwrap Supremes putting this website together. So make sure you show Ben some love. The website's tfsjiujitsu.com. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Corey Cast. My guest today is my new friend, Zach Ford. Zach is running for mayor of Skinny Atlas, and it's very interesting because he is an activist turned politician, and he hopes to secure his position as mayor of Skinny Atlas to kind of bring some transparency. Sometimes when I have a guest on, I'll ask if they want me to send them a questions ahead of time in case they want to prep. And Zach was like, no, whatever. Let's let's see what you got. I'll answer anything as best I can. And I really respect that kind of, that point of view. And, you know, honestly, with this podcast, I kind of wanted to stray away from having politicians, but I don't think there's anything wrong with giving people new and refreshing points of view. And, That's what I got when I got done talking with Zach, a really refreshing point of view. I think he's got a lot of drive and ambition to make some big changes in Skinny Atlas. And if you want to see what he's all about and you want to see his campaign or maybe support his efforts, you can go to FordForMayor.us. I'll put the link in the show description. Uh, Just make sure you show Zach some love. So without further ado, here is my new friend, Mr. Ford. Great. Um, I'm Zach Ford. I'm running for mayor of Skinny Atlas. Uh, It's where I grew up. Got a great lake here. I never thought I would run for office, but when I saw that our lake was getting polluted, I became an activist for a year or two, and that led me into politics. Oh, interesting. That was one of the questions I was going to ask. Have you served on any, like, board of politics before? I have not. Um, I'm a screenwriter, actually. Oh, really? Uh, And that's that's how I make my money. I've got a movie going into production. Uh, It was supposed to go into production last year, but... 
Uh, it's going into production uh, this year. It's called The Watcher. Um, it has, uh, they're shooting it in Romania. Cool. Um, it's got some pretty pretty big producers on it. Um, one of them did uh, the Lego movie. One of them did Paranormal Activity. But uh, being a screenwriter uh, allows me to be uh, mobile. Uh, so I can, you know, I, I go to LA, not during the pandemic, but I, I take my meetings and I'm able to be here in Skinny Atlas uh, to run for this office. Whoa, you're a screenwriter. I didn't even... I didn't even know that. See, I was just on your, uh, I was on your website, your uh, afford for mayor, right? Dot com. I have a, um, well, I try, I try to keep them separated. You know, I've got on Instagram, I've got my screenwriting account, I've got my political account, mm. and believe it or not, I've even got a uh, a paper cutting account. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Well, what made you? Uh, what have you always done? Screenplay. I've always done screenwriting i was uh i went to nyu uh for screenwriting uh upon graduation i sold a script uh called scar 3d which was the world's first stereoscopic high definition 3d movie uh to be released in theaters it was number one in russia it did well in finland whoa uh, a, i wouldn't watch it <laughs> it's, it's one of the few movies that got uh, the distinction of uh, having a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but that was you know I was young. It was my first my first go, and uh, that is cool. Uh, got back around to selling another script, uh, which I uh, is there should be they're in pre production in Romania right now. Man, that's hilarious, Zach. Because I honestly I jotted down all these different like questions to ask you like how you're navigating the waters and stuff but now i'm like zoned in on the screenwriting thing what what is a what's your process like for that well i um i write and i write and uh <laughs> sometimes i sell one um in terms of what how do you mean so if you're starting a new, so you just, you said you sold the watcher, right? It's going into production. So now I would assume, do you start over or are you assisting with edits on the movie? Like, how does it work? Sometimes they'll have the screenwriter uh, come in and do some rewrites. Um, I did some uh, rewrites with the director, uh, whose name is Chloe Okuno, uh, a little earlier in the process. Uh, but generally, you know, I have, a, I have an agent, I have a manager, and what I'll do is, uh, you know, try to write a screenplay, try to sell it. That works. Then it's going right back to the beginning and starting a new project with that blank page and that blinking cursor. Interesting. How how do you structure it when you sit down and you say, all right, so I need to I need to pump out a new idea. How where do you start, I guess? Well, it's something that I've always done. You know, I wrote my first screenplay when I was 12. Um, so I've been practicing and practicing, you know, you said you do martial arts. Um, I would kind of like it like that. You know, there's a lot that goes into a screenplay format, character, tone, uh, you know, the length of the screenplay, um, ideas. So you have to, you, you practice and you practice and you try to juggle, uh, all the, um, different facets of a screenplay and, um, you know, commercial saleability versus uh, the kind of story that you want to tell and all the Venn diagrams of that. And you try to hit the the sweet spot. And you know what you're writing, why you're writing it, who's going to want to see it, who's going to want to buy it. Uh, and you, you practice by writing screenplays. That's just like really cool. 
you practice with martial arts. You're always kind of like, I kind of take the Grateful Dead philosophy to it. You're always practicing, you know, if something bad happens to you in life. Okay, you know, I, I can make that into a story. I can, I can and be inspired by that. I can learn from that, you know, always being in a state of practice. Yeah, no, that's, that's really powerful. Yeah, no, that's definitely, especially when you've been doing it for as long as, as long as you have, right? You've been doing it since you, you said you sold your first one at 12. Right, no, I was 23. I started, I wrote my first one at 12. That's cool. Um, I sold my first one at 23 now. And I've done a lot of work uh, rewriting, getting hired for rewrites, selling some stuff, some scripts, optioning scripts that never got produced. But finally, at 38, here I am. Uh, uh, looks like I'm, I'm finally really breaking through uh, in, in a big way. That is really cool. You must have a stack of uh, like just all these scripts written, right? I've um, I've written in my life. I've probably written nearly a hundred screenplays. Whoa! Yeah, they finally. I'm you know I, I kind of take a yogic perspective. You know, you're trying to master a craft. I would say I'm kind of at a point in my life where I've really practiced this trade a lot, and I'm I'm finally I think really confident in what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And I think it's starting to show. You know, I have this movie, The Watcher. Um, going into production and a couple projects uh, that look like they're going to move forward too. So we'll see. Wow. That's really cool. You said that, uh, scar 3d was like a horror. Is that your favorite kind to write? It's, um, I wouldn't say that. I, uh, I tend to be, um, good at writing thrillers and, and horror movies. Uh, it seems like what's, it's what, uh, got me representation. Um, it tends to be what does, uh, well in the meetings, that I take in Hollywood. Uh, but I, you know, I've, I've written some comedies this year uh, and other things. So I'm always into branching out, trying new genres. That is really cool. What's the weirdest uh, genre you've done? Like is romantic comedy. You try to write one of those before. I would say it feels weird because I've tried, yeah. um, but it's always interesting to, uh, if you're, you know, any type of artist, to try something that you never thought you would try because then you you come up with something creative and unique sometimes. And then you could even take that and apply it to something else you're writing. And you see that in Hollywood movies all the time. You know, it's a romantic comedy, but there's zombies in it, right? <laughs> yeah, or yeah. Something like that, right? Right, right. What's, uh, would you say, do you prefer to write horror or, or do you just keep doing it because you seem to be very successful with it? Um, I, I think there's, you know, I think there's a funny place in my heart because when I was a kid, uh, I'd watch, I, I always wanted to, to watch scary movies, uh, and see if, you know, what I could get away with renting, you know, see if my parents would let me rent that R rated VHS tape or whatever. Uh, and you know, some of my favorite movies growing up were, I was born in the eighties. So Ghostbusters and Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street and all those movies really had a, kind of a grip on me you know the exorcist which was from the 70s and uh, you know whatever they just they just seemed to really uh really grab me when i was a kid yeah and in the 80s they really thrived right like they were really thriller movies and scary movies i think really were good in the 80s right i wonder what it was about it you had the yeah you had the the paranoid 70s with all the the thrillers like um serpico and all that stuff and then it went right into 80s uh, horror, you know, I think it might have a little bit to do with Vietnam. You know, I think I've, mm. I've studied this 
Nightmare on Elm Street and uh, uh, Friday the 13th probably seemed to, if you, if you really went deep and philosophical into it, I'm sure you can make some connections from the paranoia cinema of the seventies into those low budget horror movies and mid range budget horror movies of the eighties. Yeah. Right. And as a, as a screenwriter, do you have somebody that you uh, like idolize somebody that you look up to? Um, I mean, anything that's good, you know, anything that's good and unexpected and new and fresh. I mean, you, you try to, uh, you try to keep it fresh. I mean, the, the closest thing to a working philosophy I have is, um, probably the grateful dead philosophy of just always trying to discover new things in your work and always trying to uh, be open to practice, you know, and never let your ego take over too much. Yeah. Um, and that makes that makes writing enjoyable. Uh, you know, I love to write. You love how how many hours do you think like in a week do you spend writing? If I have an idea, I'll write a script in a week. If I don't have an idea, I might not write anything for six months. But then if I get hot, I'll write. You know, I wrote. Uh, I just wrote three scripts in two months. Whoa! Um, and it's because I practice for years, so I can do that. Yeah, it's like like you said, um, very much martial arts. An artist who draws is somebody who's put in a thousand hours, right? They always say a thousand hours is how you get that increment of uh, knowledge increase in your head, like how you level up every time, right? I believe there's something to that. I, I do think about that, yeah. Yeah, and what is like a daily routine for you? Do you get your cup of coffee, meditate? sit down at the computer or typewriter are you old school do you use a typewriter i mean not for screenplays because the format is so uh particular yeah. um you know i i've i've kind of in a place now where i don't try to push myself into a schedule you know mm-hmm. I, I there's been times in my life when i've been doing yoga and i'm like okay i gotta do my yoga do my meditation and do my writing and i you know i I try to enjoy everything I'm doing. So if I if I don't have an idea or if I don't feel like writing, I don't do it that day. Uh, and I feel like that frees up my my bandwidth and lets my brain relax, so that when I'm ready, uh, ready to do it, uh, it gets done. Yeah, yeah, right, right. No, that's it's really interesting. I don't think I've ever talked to a screenwriter. To be honest, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. It's a different perspective, I guess. Lots of them are very shy. Lots of them don't talk to people. Oh, right. yeah, because they're. <laughs> I would imagine you're very well read. Like you probably read a lot of books. Right? I, I try to be. I try to be. Um, the pandemic's given me a little time to to catch up on some reading. Yeah. Do you have a favorite movie? Jeez, these are always the tough questions, right? Yeah, and it's so hard because uh-huh. what genre, right? What genre? Let me think of that, and if, I, if one pops into my head, we'll come back to it. Yeah, that's fine. We're so, we're, we'll circle back to it. So have you been able to like travel all over the world in doing this? With screenwriting? Yeah. Uh, uh, traveling, I mean, out to L.A., of course. Uh, Scar was shot in Canada. Uh, and uh, we'll see. Maybe you'll pop over to Romania for watching. That's hilarious. Just pop on over. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I, people don't, sometimes productions don't really like the writer to be on set. Interesting, uh, really. Playwriting. If you're a playwright, uh, you're kind of the god of the production, what you say goes. But if you're the screenwriter, uh, there's kind of a transition where you sell the script. Mm-hmm. And now the director seems to be the auteur of the project. 
but uh, I, I tend to get along with everybody and uh, I, I like to I like to pop over to set because my work is done and yeah. everyone else is stressing out and I can just eat from the craft services table and <laughs> uh, and hang out and watch everyone everyone else uh, have the responsibility. It must be really cool to see from the idea in your head to a keyboard to the screen to then flying out to Los Angeles, Hollywood, and seeing everybody act out something that you wrote. That has to be pretty wild. It's pretty wild, um, and it's never exactly how you picture it, and I've learned to embrace that. Um, there's a lot of, to make a movie, it takes um, 100, 200, 300 people, more. Uh, as the budget goes up even more and more, and everyone brings a part to it. So when you're writing a screenplay, you know, you're not writing a poem or a stage play. You're writing a blueprint uh, for a lot of other artists to work from. Uh, the costume designers, the actors. There's a lot of interpretation from a lot of different people. So, uh, you know, there's something beautiful in it where you let go. And you let other people interpret uh, what you've written. And uh, it's, a, it's a community effort. Yeah, that's, it's, it's interesting because... I uh, I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons right every Sunday okay. with my friends and it's very much when I DM'd uh, it's very much like that right because you have a you have a a plan of how things go and then character mm-hmm. A acts totally different and then you kind of have a think on the fly and you have to be comfortable knowing that uh, it's not gonna it's not gonna pan out exactly how you how you envisioned it you know it never does um, and it's that's what a community is and this would probably be a good transition to. Uh, the politics and yeah. the communities um it you you work together and you figure out where you can compromise and you figure out where you have to hold steady uh you know um i've a lot of the lessons i've learned in screenwriting uh as i've moved from being an activist into um apparently now a, a politician uh i have a hard time seeing myself as a politician but i guess i'm a candidate now uh, I have a lot of those lessons I've learned about community and working together and when to stick to your guns and when not to uh, have really come through. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say probably one of the smoothest transitions and subjects ever from screenwriting to running for mayor. That was beautiful. <laughs> Is that like, do you think your focus on community sets you apart from from everybody you're running against? Bluntly, yes. Um, I do. I don't think uh, one of the reasons I got involved is because I don't see uh, the people um, who are in office in Skinnyapolis really working with the community. Um, and it's unfortunate. I, you know, I, I guess I could go into a little bit of the history of what's happened to this community. You know, we have politicians here who have broken the law polluted the lake um and when they are confronted with vast swaths of the community asking them to do things uh they don't take action and i'll give you an example you know skinny atlas the village i'm talking about is a village of 2,000 people uh, a year ago i brought them a, a petition with over 2,000 people on it more people than are even in the village asking them to take some action to ban true green and roundup and toxic chemicals in the watershed, and uh, they excuse my ignorance, ignored. but what does what does watershed mean? What is that? Watershed is, uh, you know, I 
it's it's just it's around the lake i know watershed moment means like a change you know oh it's like um, the basically like the outlet into the lake people use people just use the watershed to talk about the area around the lake oh okay gotcha gotcha like, so the, it's the whole area it's kind of everything that drains into the lake gotcha you know you got the you got the finger lakes they're all uh kind of rivets in the land everything around the lake is is the watershed yeah, I got you. And you don't have to you don't have to go into any names or anything. Just I'm just curious like why uh was that what sp- like, is that what sparked you running for mayor? Yeah, and yeah, and I appreciate that. I I've done a lot of um I've said my piece with a lot of the names and you know what I love to happen uh in this community is uh to move on and to know what's been going on. You know, we've overdeveloped around this lake. Uh, these toxic algae blooms we have are because of negligence, because of overdevelopment. Is those and toxic algae blooms, is that from the Roundup and stuff? Part of it. Uh, toxic algae blooms are caused by nutrient loading the lake. Uh, when you use fertilizers, when you cut down trees, when you put down impermeable surface, when you disrupt the natural habitat and area around the lake, and put in homes and driveways and farms and use fertilizer, all that nutrient loads the lake and then the toxic algae blooms. And we went from having the second cleanest lake in the, uh, in the country uh, to having a lake where there are uh, toxic algae blooms uh, noxious enough to kill a dog. Wow. Some days in the summer and it's getting worse. Yikes. And so what I, what I'm, want to be part of bringing about is kind of a reckoning and a reevaluation and a shift in culture about how we are uh, treating our, our lake. And one of the, and all this brings me to an interesting point. When you run for mayor of the village, you don't run as a Democrat or Republican. And I was going to ask you that if you fell into a, a party. Uh, I'm technically registered as a Democrat. I'll probably switch to independent at some point. I hate asking uh, that question because I I don't like the two party system and I feel like it slaps a label on you immediately where people go always oh, and always oh, a Democrat rolls his eyes and it would be the same if you said you're a Republican. I hate asking the question, but I'm just curious. Well, you're right, and so when you run for mayor, you make up your own party name. And uh, my own my party that I've I've called it is the people of the lake, the people of the lake, because I think if we work together to heal the lake and heal the water and i know this sounds a little uh hippie-esque right but i believe it if we heal the water and work together to heal this lake uh we can start healing some of the divides in our own uh community which stem from a lot of the stuff like you just said uh different political parties and what's been going on the last uh the last four years yeah, for sure. And we we picked a good day to talk to cuz it's literally the day after Joe Biden gets gets uh inaugurated in. And uh I don't, I don't know, it's just like you said when you put a label on something, I don't want people to put Zach in a box. I don't want to put I don't want to put your campaign in a box by asking that question. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I've been I've been careful not to. You know, when I I'm getting nominating petitions to get on the ballot, and uh, what I do is you need, I need petitions, petitions with signatures to get my name on the ballot, and I've got the call list from the voter, the uh, board of elections, 
and uh, I call everybody. And if they want to talk, I talk to them. Uh, Republicans, conservatives, Democrats, independents, people who have left it blank. I, I, I want to talk to everybody. Now, when you talk to them and you call them up, what's, what are your conversations like? How do you initiate that? How do you start the conversation? Well, I say, uh, you know, I say hello. They usually think I'm a sales call. So they go, uh, who is this? <laughs> and then I say, I don't hey. have a warranty on my car. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah, I try to, yeah, they, they think that's who I am. But I say, hey, it's Zach Ford. I'm running for mayor of Scanning Atlas. Usually they've heard of me in some capacity. Uh, you know, I, and there's a lot, there's some rumors going around about me that, you know, the current mayor tried to slander me in the paper. So I see what they believe and I say, listen, you don't want to work together. Would you help me get the name on the ballot? And some people hang up on me. Some people, we talk for over a half hour. I talked to someone who uh, uh, didn't, had, had, uh, you know, I didn't think I, I uh, had had believed some some lies about me perpetrated by the current mayor, mm. and we ended up talking for a half hour. We really hit it off, and it was one of the most fun conversations I've had in a long time. So, as I call these people, we keep proving to ourselves that if we just listen to each other and talk for a few minutes, uh, we can like we can break through so much stagnation and and really hit it off and find common ground and even even be laughing. Well, dude, buckle up because I'm going after that championship belt of best conversation you've ever had. <laughs> you're there. You're there. It's a tie. <laughs> so far, so, so you're not on the break. ballot. So what? How do? You, what is required to be to be on the ballot? Uh, fifty signatures. I just got to get fifty signatures. There's a lot of election laws. I mean, this is what everyone has to do. Um, you just got to live in the village, which I do. And uh, you got to get your. This is what my uh, my opponent is currently doing too, getting uh, signatures. Oh, to get on the gotcha, it's gotcha. Protocol. It's protocol for uh, for election. How many other people are running for mayor? And is it just him and uh, you, or like, how does it work? The current mayor is stepping down. Uh, there is, I hear, and I've heard this um, a few times, so it's substantiated. Uh, one of the current village board members is running for mayor. Will be running for mayor. It's apparently, it's not official yet, but um, this is what I've heard for from many people. Okay, that's that's interesting. And if you get your fifty signatures, is it just does the fifty signatures have to be from people who live in Skinny Atlas Village? I assume they're village residents. Yeah. Okay, that that's that makes the most logical sense. Um, what? I guess, like, how much time do you spend campaigning for yourself in a week? Well, uh, you know, I've I've been campaigning for three years. Uh, when I saw that the current mayor um, broke the law and polluted the lake and no one was taking action to make uh, any of these problems we had better, I printed out a shirt that said Ford for mayor, and I put it on. And I didn't even know when the election was. Yeah. I, I I jumped headfirst into it and I said, whenever the election was, and right when I started, I thought the election was a year earlier than it was, but I started right away, you know, and I, I said, if this guy isn't going to act like mayor, I'm going to start acting like it. I'm going to start trying to affect change here in the community. I'm going to work on getting pesticides, cosmetic pesticides banned. I'm going to work on uh, spreading knowledge about what's causing the toxic algae blooms. 
uh, I'm going to try to make this community uh, more diverse and more more uh, equal, more accepting. Uh, you know, as a, as an ally to LGBTQIA people, I was I spearheaded the movement to have the village for the first time in Skinalis Village history raise the rainbow flag. Why not? I went to school with kids who were gay. They were terrorized here in Skinalis. They were terrorized. This is back in the 90s. You know, why not? Let's let's figure out. So my campaign, if you wanted some of my campaign, I would say, if you just look at all the issues, environmental issues, human rights issues, equality issues, community issues, what I'm trying to do is just pick the most common sense answers I can find and just make things better. You know, what's the problem we have? You know, discrimination? Let's deal with it. The water's polluted? Let's deal with it. Right? Right. Right. And uh, do you think that it's just been, it hasn't been focused on in the past? It was pushed issue? under the rug? Ignored? Which one? Uh, I guess any of all of those problems. All of them, yeah. Um, you know, uh, with the environmental issue, when we had our toxic algae bloom, we had scientists come and say, listen, Here's what's causing it. Don't cut down trees. You got to start planting. You got to do the opposite of what you're doing around the lake. You can't be putting more down, more impermeable surface down. You can't be cut like driveways, which cause runoff. You can't be cutting down more trees. You got to stop the behavior that's causing the algae blooms. So years after, right after the scientists said that, right after we had that algae bloom, if you look at our planting boards and zoning boards, they continued to grant variances, which allowed people to cut down more trees, which allowed people to continue to overdevelop. It's what is what has been going on in this community is mindless. And when and you have a great deal of apathy towards these mindless decisions that continue to get made. Uh, so and that's what it amounts to. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, no, totally. And I, I guess that makes sense, especially when uh, that seems to be the the core values of your of your election. When When is the election, by the way? The election is on March 16th. Nice. Okay, cool. So it's around the corner. And again, only Skinny Atlas Village people can vote on that? It's the village. And, uh, you know, another issue, uh, we have over 2,000 registered voters in the village. Uh, the last time there was a mayoral election, I uh, less than half of them voted. Whoa, that's crazy. I think the number, you know what? I'll give you the exact number right now. I got the exact number written down. Oh, perfect. This, uh, that's got to be an insane number. Here we go. So there's, according to the sheet, this might have changed a little bit in the last few months. 2,094 voters reported who are registered. 2,094. And only 807 of them voted for mayor in, I believe it was, what was it, 2017, 2016, the last mayoral election. 807. So substantially less than half voted. Wow. So when I, when I say apathy, I mean that people have been turned off by local politics, and probably rightly so. Um, local politics have uh, a reputation of being something you don't really want to get involved in. And I want to change that. 
you know, we should be using our local politics as a tool to uh, solve a lot of our problems. We can do that. We can bring people to the meetings. You know, people, you, you know, local politics, people don't go to the meetings because the meetings suck. Let's make them fun. Let's deal with real issues. Let's make people feel like they have a voice. Yeah, and do you think that it is because people are more concerned of a, a national level than local? I would feel it should be reversed, right? If you're going to make a difference anywhere, I mean, national is kind of hard to have your vote really make a make a big difference, I guess. If I hope I'm not speaking out of my ass. But local, you have more power to to elect somebody. Your voice matters a lot more in a local election where somebody who, like yourself, was very ambitious, can get a lot done, can get done in that sense. I think, yeah, I think that we need to, I think you're right. I think that we need to start reframing how we think about our communities and politics and realize that change has to come from the top down, but also change, we have to build change from the local level up. Yeah, agreed. And I, I wish more people were involved in local politics myself included because i like i said i'm pretty much a novice when it comes to 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 politics um so ford ford for mayor first day in office sits down at his desk what's the first thing that you do the first thing i do i'll tell you right now open the door and sit there the whole day and anyone from the community who wants to come in and talk I'll be there because I want to show that there's a stark contrast between me and the last uh, administration right now you have an administration in the village I'm talking about the mayor and the board who break New York State open meeting law they do not allow people to speak in meetings I try to speak at a meeting. They try to have me arrested. Wow, that's my, interesting. My opponent tried to have me arrested. They sent the police after me. The American Civil Liberties Union had to have their legal team defend my constitutional rights to peacefully speak at a meeting. This, the editors of the Syracuse Post wrote an opinion piece telling my opponent and the village board and the mayor they can't just arrest people and put them in a cage when they happen to disagree with them. Interesting. Disagree with them about breaking the law and polluting our drinking water. If anybody so, wanted to go to those meetings, is the location posted somewhere if they wanted to, I guess, at least participate in the conversation? It doesn't sound like you got the opportunity to, but I'm assuming others would be able to. I don't know. Others will. The meetings are on the calendar. There's a time. But I'm telling you right now, my first day in office... I'd get there at 9 a.m. and I'd open the door and anyone who wants to come talk a talk, I'd stay there for 24 hours. I want to set a stark contrast to what's been going on in this village uh, recently. And that's that they don't want to listen. They won't listen. Uh, they tried to arrest me for even raising my hand in a village meeting. It is ridiculous and un-American and unconstitutional what's going on. And it's kind of funny because, you know, you think, okay, Skinny Alice, this little, this little town... We've had so much drama and so much nonsense here in the last few years, and I want that to come to an end. Let's start working together and fix our community. 
Yeah, and listen, Zach, I like you, but I feel like if you're going to sit there all day, you're going to get some loony bins. It's almost like Parks and Rec, the, that episode where they had everybody yelling at at them where, for all this random stuff. You're going to get hit left and right. <laughs> you know, um, I'll take it because that's the job of mayor. If you don't want to listen to the people, don't be mayor. You got to listen to everybody. And I can't believe you said on a side note, I can't believe you said Parks and Rec because sometimes <laughs> when I explain to people what local politics is like, I'm like, imagine that you know, David Lynch directed a Parks and Rec episode, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, David Lynch or someone else, I forget who I usually say. Uh, but it's kind of like that. Yeah, but no, look, I always, when somebody talks about local, I imagine Parks and Rec's like, yeah. Leslie no- sitting in the meeting, you getting yelled at that somebody else's dog took a crap on her front yard and what the town was going to do about it. And you're like, yep. I don't, I don't, what do you mean? I don't even own a dog. What do you <laughs> that's what that's there's i'm sure if i open the door for 24 hours that first day there would be a lot of that but the flip side of that coin you're gonna make a lot of new friends and you're probably gonna make a lot of real connections with people the mayor should be available we have a mayor we have a village board who have bended over backwards to not listen so if you don't want to listen don't run for office if you don't want to meet the people, uh, the best ones and the weird ones and the crazy ones and all of them, you know, a community takes everyone. So listen to them all. Now, boom, that was your first day. Six months in, what does it look like? Six months in? Complete chaos. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not even going to joke about what just happened at the Capitol. But um, I'll tell you exactly what I want to happen in six months. I have a plan to mitigate toxic algae. It's going to take the whole community. It's going to take a lot of organization. Uh, one is implementing that plan, which you can find on my website, forward4mayor.us. Which, I want to have, at the end of this, by the way, just send me all your social media and that website and all that, and I'll put it in the uh, uh, link description below. So if you hear him talk about his website, right below the episode, you just click the link and it'll bring you right to his website. I will. And, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a map of the lake and put it on the wall. And we're going to work with all the communities around the lake and everyone who has the lake adjacent property. We're going to organize rain garden planting, reforestation as opposed to deforestation. We're going to we're going to work together to do all of the things we know will f- fix and help the lake uh, Two, uh, social justice. I have friends who are black and brown who live in Syracuse who have told me we stopped coming to skating atlas because we've encountered racism here one too many times Yikes. it's gonna stop that's gonna stop how do you um, it's that's a, that's a very big problem to tackle it, very race racist mo- remarks like how you'd have to have a step-by-step plan how would you even try to correct we're gonna, something gonna like talk that? about it talking about it is the first step we have a mayor right now who went on a racist tirade on the main street of the village. He was on the news. And my opponent, uh, who's on the village board right now, protected him. Right? So, I, at first, I'm going to say, hey, look, if I'm elected, the mayor is, we're going to talk about racism because we've been avoiding it here in Skinny House. We have a reputation of having a problem with some racism here, and we need to have real conversations about it right and conversations are great but what would you do for would there would there be punishments like how, like if 
I don't know how you would how you would do it. I guess conversations definitely make the make the situation come to light, right? Would it? Would you yeah. think it would correct it? Personally, would I speak up? Yes. I mean, and if you look at my history um, as a uh, as a candidate, um, anytime an elected official, whether they're Republican or Democrat, has said something racist or done something racist, I've spoken out, and I've effectively been kicked out of. Uh, the local Democratic Party for doing that. Um, when I spoke out against uh, uh, Republicans uh, saying racist things, I uh, I was applauded by my fellow Democrats. When I spoke out about fellow elected Democrats saying racist things, I was called a narcissist and a lunatic. Yeah, so, man, and that's that's what I don't like about the two party system. Is I don't think I don't know their the two party system seems very antiquated for today's day and age we're talking about a world now that we've had this same system since george washington you know what i mean like popular vote electoral college the same kind of representation but it's it's 2021 and i can communicate with anybody across the world instantly you know i don't have to mail a letter and not talk to them for six months you know what i mean i could video call my mother in idaho and immediately see her it's true that's why i'm going to change i believe to uh an independent uh just to bridge the gap just so when i'm talking to whoever i'm talking to uh we can meet on kind of a switzerland of neutral neutral ground hey i like that idea better because when anytime when somebody asks me about politics i always dance around the subject for the reason one I am a very public person, B, and I'm a real estate agent, right? And I don't want my political views to affect me doing business with somebody. Does that make sense? And I don't also want somebody to get the wrong impression of me in in a political view. So I'm always, when somebody asks me, I'm always hesitant to give them an answer. But I much prefer the idea of an independent, because immediately when you say Democrat, people put you in, in a box, right? Like, it's very... In a way, it's kind of prejudiced thinking, right? No matter if it's a Democrat or a Republican, they immediately put you in a position. There's a lot of baggage. Yeah, um, and on and both sides, a, right? And a lot of trauma that's happened over the last, especially the last four years. Uh, so I think, yeah, meeting in the middle wherever you can and kind of having a reset is uh, what everyone needs. And I say reset, not forgetting everything that happened, addressing everything that happened and having real conversations. Uh about what happened, but also having being able to then move on from that after addressing it. But uh, we need to grow. We need to grow together to change how things are going. You know, I honestly, I don't even know what the responsibilities of a mayor is without Googling it. Is that terrible? That's got to be yeah. terrible. I should, I should have some idea. <laughs> you cut the ribbons, but look, you know, the mayor. <laughs> Dude, that's cool. You get a giant pair of scissors. I hope, you know, that's that's actually why I'm doing it. Uh, you think you'd be able to get a giant pair of scissors on Amazon, but... Uh, we found you, dude. We found you out. Only for pairs. You giant scissors oh. shill. And you, get a, and you get a giant key. Nice. But usually you have to give that key to the city to, to other people. But I'll tell you what, the, the main job of the mayor, the main job of the mayor, it's a very interesting position. Uh, in fact, it's the only position I think you cannot get impeached from or something. But the, really? the job of the mayor is to be 
essentially a mascot I, for I a community. Like you, you, just, you should get impeached for no matter what position you are in politics, right? If you president, vice president, you do something illegal, guess what? Hey, see ya. The mayor is a, a strange, a strange office. But um, especially when you're dealing with a village of two thousand people. Skinny Isle is a beautiful area, and the the real estate's beautiful out there. But it's a pretty. When you say two thousand, that's pretty small. The town is about six. The village is about two. Um, total about eight, eight thousand. But it's to be the mascot. Like I was saying, it's to be the mascot of the people. What direction do we want our community to move in? Well, the the mayor's at the helm. You know what are the mayor needs to identify the problems, come up with solutions, and be out there actively bringing people together. Dude, going back to your population of cities, you said how much is in Skinny Alice? Between two thousand and two thousand five hundred in the village, uh, the the uh, town is about six thousand or more. Okay, well. How terrible is this? When I think Skinny Atlas, I think like fifty, sixty thousand people. And I'm from Syracuse, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of how much is in Syracuse. Syracuse is one hundred and sixty thousand. Yep, dude, I just googled it. From yep. uh, twenty nineteen, is one forty two. And you know we're connected by water. Say your water, your we're connected by water. Your water is from this lake. Oh, dude! I should take the Erie Canal up and visit you. Well, it's 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 an underground <laughs> pipe. <laughs> I don't know how you get down there, but um, it's, it's so, an aqueduct. So you talked about all the things you want to fix about Skinny Atlas, right? Brag to me about all the great things that are already there in Skinny Atlas. From Skinny restaurants Atlas? to like, what is your favorite thing to do in Skinny Atlas? I love Skinny Atlas. I grew up here. Um, the lake is beautiful. The the towns and the uh, the businesses we have are amazing. Um, everything. I mean, I I mean, I grew up here and my I was as I said in New York City for seventeen years. I I have learned to appreciate this place. Uh, you know, every day that I've I've been gone, I've appreciated it more. Um, it's my favorite place in the world. I mean, that's why I came back to give to hopefully make it even better than it is. You Why know did what I you mean? come back to uh, Skinny Atlas? I uh, well, this this is the timing is is interesting. Uh, we I came back just to cool my heels a little bit in 2017, and that's right when we had that first toxic algae bloom. Mm. And I decided to do something about it and stay, maybe do some activism. But from about 2018, I kind of stuck around to to get involved in being a steward of the lake. That's that's pretty cool. And you were in New York City for, you said, for how long? About 17 years. Really? What made you go out there? Was it just for a film? I went to NYU, um, stayed, uh, had a rent-controlled apartment in Murray Hill, uh, worked in advertising for a while, um, and uh, just did my screenwriting. Mm, Gotcha, gotcha. So if you had a wizard's wand and you could wave it and fix one thing, about politics on a local level, what would it be? About politics on a local level? Yeah, if you could change, like, is it? It could be the the term limit. It could be the amount of power the the mayor has. Like, you could you wave a wand, whatever you could think, boom, happens, just like that. Okay, I'll tell you. Um, and it's a it's a hard spell to break. Um, so this is why 
sometimes it feels like you need a magic wand. I wish that I could wave a magic wand and change people's perspective about what local politics could be. I mean, it could be how people see it now is kind of like something they don't want to get involved with. They get home from work. They're tired. The last thing they want to do is go sit in a stuffy room for a town board meeting, a village board meeting. What I wish they knew is that what town, what town village politics could be is more like a church, more like a place where we really can come together. You know, why you go to the meeting? The chairs are in rows facing forward. Why don't we put the chairs in a circle? I wish people could realize that this could be a place to see people, to see neighbors, and come up with real ideas that are going to directly affect their quality of life in the community. I like the idea of chairs in a circle, but I would always imagine there would be somebody who would walk in and be like, is this the is this the AA meeting? Why is all the circles, why are all the chairs in a circle? <laughs> we can talk about that too. You know, come there, come there. Whatever you want to talk about, we'll talk about it. Well, I think, I, I think that there's a, a big shift and especially over the last 20 years where, you know, people always went to church for a sense of community. And I think that idea is changing with a lot of people. Now people are finding a sense of community from, from myself, martial arts, the people that's at the gym, uh, to different hobbies. I mean, you could go on Reddit and find a subreddit for a thousand people that are interested in the same niche hobby that you are. And I think there's the idea of community shifting more. So have you, has there been an influx of people gravitating towards local politics or am I wrong on that? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you an interesting, I'm not going to answer your question exactly, but this is a very interesting point that you bring up um, with community building. You can go online and find people who are like you enjoy that community. You go on Reddit, you have a specific interest. Now you're with people uh, of only one interest. Um, that's as that's a double edged sword. But when you talk yeah, about politics, is. One of the good things about seeing local politics as a gathering place is that it's an opportunity to meet with people with many different visions and many different perspectives in one place so that you're not pigeonholed, you know, in, in one community one community to the next. You know, there's, there's a place for being like in alternate groups. But one thing I want to encourage with local politics is all sorts of different people with all sorts of different ideas. Let's do it. People you normally wouldn't hang out with. People you don't even like, maybe. But you're there, and you walk away after the meeting. You say, "Holy cow! I never. I, I'm glad I put myself in maybe that somewhat uncomfortable position, listening to someone I didn't like. But I came away with something I wasn't expecting to come away with. Uh, you know, that's where the good work happens. Yeah, for sure. And but there's a lot of people out there that do not that will never go out of their comfort zone because that's, that's just what, what they do, you know? And man, is that so important? Nothing, no growth ever comes from being comfortable. You know what I mean? But sometimes, you know, sometimes those people, especially when I'm running, they'll write me an email. They don't want to go to the meeting, but they have an idea and they'll be heard too. You know, if you, if you don't want to go, you can still write an email. You can still make a phone call. Well, I'm, I'm pretty surprised that when I, saying that message on Instagram or was it, it was Facebook that um, you even wanted to take an hour out of your day and talk to me. I was very surprised at that. That's why I'm running for office. Look, I'm an introvert. I, uh, I don't normally, I love to go out and meet a lot of people um, in a gregarious way, but you know, I'm doing this for the office 
of mayor, which is a mantle, which is bigger than I am. It's, that's my job to meet a lot of people and have a lot of ideas and put things together. Yeah, you and I are very similar in that sense. When I was uh, all throughout high school, all all throughout my life, until like honestly, until I got into real estate, I was very much a much an introvert. Where I had my small group of friends. That's what. That's pretty much all I I hung out with. And uh, when I got into real estate, when I took my course, I told myself I really have to kind of adapt and change because you can't be, you can't, I'm sorry, but you can't be introverted and be in real estate. You can't not go out and meet new people. You can't, you can't just not be accessible to as almost everybody you can. So that was one of my big focuses. And another reason that led me to doing the podcast was because I get I get a reason to reach out to Zach, who I've never talked to and only seen him on, on Facebook, and, and learn more about him and his campaign and his awesome screenwriting. There we go. Unexpected detours, you know? Yeah, right. Exactly. Now, so the magic wand, right? You change it for local government. If you had that same magic wand, you could whoosh, wave it in the air, and it would change something on a national level. What would that be? I, I think, obviously, just all the, the heat and the apathy. You know, um, I think about this a lot. You know, human beings have a way of screwing things up. Uh, we did it with, you know, people, uh, with our environment. Uh, I, I just wish uh, the hate and the apathy could go away and we could just start having a good time. Uh, we should be having a good time when we're alive on this planet. You know, we have like, all, especially the United States. What a great country. All these national parks, uh, all this land, uh, all these great people. We should be we should be finding wonderful ways to, to to help people and grow amazing, clean food and keep our water clean, and uh, travel around and have people travel around the country and see all all, all this country has to offer. You know, I love the national parks here. Uh, so just making the hate and the apathy and all this stuff that really hinders our potential, make all that go away. That's what I would do. Yeah, that would be. The world would be a better place if we could get rid of that. Change perspectives opens people's minds up on things. I agree. So if you if you are unsuccessful in becoming mayor, which you will not be because you will be mayor, right? You're not thinking like uh, that. What, what would, would you like do? Would you run for another public position or are you setting your sights on mayor? I I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see. I mean... The only reason I started running was because my heart broke when this water got polluted. Uh, that's where it started. So uh, I'm only running because I think I can help. Yeah, I'm so, sorry, Zach. I, that's probably a real shit question. Hey, if you, no, no, if you are unsuccessful, what are you going to do? No, I, I'm just curious if there's <laughs> other plans to continue it's, being uh, a face in, in public politics there. We'll see. I mean, that's that's a great question. You know, uh to kind of take it day by day and see uh, see where the chips fall. And, uh, you know, before I even ran for mayor, I was essentially an activist here uh, working on pesticides, and uh, which, unfortunately, a lot of the elected officials in Skinny Ellis have completely ignored, even though thousands of people, uh, even the mayor of Syracuse, I had a meeting with him. Hey, here's thousands of people who want to ban dumping cancer-causing toxic chemicals in the watershed. Would he do something? But no. Uh, he's like, dude, know, I got to deal with Onondaga Lake. <laughs> yeah, he's but like, I got know, that Syrac- messed to take care of. 
that's 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 tragic too. That was a you know a sacred uh, a lake. Um, yeah, it's too bad, man. I I don't know if I'm ever going to really enjoy Onondaga Lake in my life. They say you know there's a big giant cleanup thing going on right now, but man, I am not comfortable going in Onondaga Lake. I wouldn't go in there, and I I don't believe they're actually going to clean it up. I think there's too many uh, heavy chemicals in there, but we'll see. But, you know, Skidales is your drinking water in Syracuse. I wish people, if I had that magic wand, too, uh, I would would tap everyone in the head in Syracuse with it so that everyone understood where their drinking water was coming from. Yeah, I didn't didn't know it came from Skidales. Yeah, it comes from Skidales. It is a gravity-fed aqueduct pipe under... The uh, marvel of engineering, uh, and that's another thing I would want to do as mayor. Let's be sister cities. But why not? Let's be sister cities. You, what does that you, mean? You, does that mean you come over to our house for dinner? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Syracuse comes <laughs> to Seattle. Seattle comes to Syracuse. You know, we we're linked by this water. You know, like let's let's help people. Also, there's so many lines in politics. Well, that's Seattle's politics. Well, that's Syracuse politics. No, like, look, we're all connected, you know, in our environment, in our water, we're all connected. We should all be working together. Yeah, no, definitely agreed. And what what is the best way for people to get involved in local government? Is it just by participating in the meetings or is there more that they can do? I think um, it starts with, and I, I don't blame people for not wanting to go to the meetings the way that they're normally run. Nothing gets done. I I think that coming to the meetings and determining real actionable steps that people can do because I respect people are busy. They got families and jobs and they go to a local meeting. God bless them. If they actually go, they want to know one easy way they can help. And that's what what my plan as mayor is based around. If I was mayor and you came to my meeting, you'd know something you could do. Plant a rain garden. And I'd help you help you link up with people, plant more trees around the lake, right? Um, in your garden, we, we would have real actionable, clear steps for people who want to get involved to start working together as a community. Now, if, if they wanted to help you, what would they do to help you get elected? Um, have conversations. Uh Listen to what I actually have to say. Um, there has been a misinformation uh, campaign against me. The current mayor, uh, after I very peacefully accused him, um, not accused him, criticized him for breaking environmental law and polluting the lake, he compared me in the Syracuse Post to the Virginia Beach mass shooter. Yeesh. Yes, and no one on the board, including my opponent, said anything about it. That's called stochastic terrorism. People then actually thought I was dangerous and treated me um, very badly, you know. And I reached out to the town board. And I said, listen, you know, you can't say things like that. That's a dang- that's." And we saw what happened at the Capitol. That's very dangerous rhetoric. Please, um, please walk that back. And my opponent ignored me. Um, and the uh, they all they all went along with it. So there's been some really ugly stuff going on in the local level. And all I've tried to do is get people to work together. And even after they did that, I still try to work with them because it's not about me or them. It's about the lake. You know, we're losing people we're losing a gym. We're losing one of the most beautiful 
bodies of water lakes in in the country in the world and what are we doing fighting it's ridiculous it's i would call it sacrilegious we should you mentioned churches we should be treating the lake like a church it's precious we're so lucky to have it and the kind of response that i got for suggesting that a mayor who breaks the law and pollutes it should resign is that he issues a, a statement which amounts to stochastic terrorism against me and the board tries to have me unconstitutionally arrested as retaliation for uh, sticking up for the LGBTQIA community, which the ACLU put in their letter. It's, it's just so much nonsense. I just want the nonsense to stop, things to calm down, and for the community to concentrate on what we have, which is so good and going so well for us, this amazing community, uh, the village that we have, uh, and the lake, which we all, all depend on and all love. Well, listen, dude, I don't think you're a, you're Tara. I just met you for the last hour. We've had a, I've had the privilege of talking to you. I think you're a pretty nice guy. Well, you know, that's just goes about the dangerous rhetoric. Um, it was incredibly irresponsible to be for an elected official to smear a candidate like that, especially in light of everything that's um, went on in the country, especially this last January. Um, outrageous, uh, really outrageous. So. You know, as mayor, no more of that. Calm, clear, collected conversations where we bring everyone in and we figure out how to make this community that we all love uh, the best it can be. It's that easy. That's really really great stuff, dude. If they want to reach out to you and kind of support you or see what you're doing, what uh, where can they visit you? What kind of website, social media, all that jazz? Sure. I'll give it all to you. I got a website, forwardformayor.us. I've got, um, I, I could not get the .com, but I rolled with it and I say the but US. But .us is, is way cooler, Zach. The US is for all of us. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's, That's how I pitch it. Uh, I think the screenwriting pitching has helped me uh, uh, sell that kind of thing. I also have an Instagram, which is uh, Z-A-C-K-F-O-R-D. So it's at Zach Ford, not an H, Z-A-C-K-F-O-R-D. Perfect. Uh, you should be people who can reach out my emails on the uh on the website uh so there you go dude we hardly even touched we maybe spent 10 minutes on your whole screenplay stuff we could totally do a whole nother podcast all about movie making and stuff if the people want it if the people want it <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do it <laughs> thank you so much for doing this man i really appreciate you taking an hour out of your uh late night to do this it was really great getting to know you same man um after covid we'll uh we'll have to have a beer or something thank you so much for listening to the show the love and support that you guys show me is such a wonderful thing from the text messages to social media posts it's just a constant reminder of how many awesome people i have in my life if you want to support the show make sure you subscribe follow like the podcast so you don't miss an episode share it with your friends and tell them what your favorite episode is 
If you think yourself or someone you may know would be great on the podcast, reach out to me and we can make it happen. I love putting these out and getting a chance to talk to so many interesting people is so incredible. So thank you for giving me your time and I appreciate you guys more than I can put into words. I love you people very much.